0: morning the title of the message is thus said the little maid when we're used to that phrase in the bible it says what thus saith the lord the sermon this morning is thus saith the little maid i'd like you to take your bibles and turn to second kings in chapter five and we'll read the story it's more well known for naaman the leper but the story doesn't happen without the little maid. I was reading just uh, my my readings for the the day, reading reading th- through the Bible, and I was arrested by this story. And I, it's 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 one of those things. It's a common story in some sense for pastors. There's a lot of a lot of things that you can pull from this story, and so I think it's a common common uh story in the bible to some sense and it, it's a standout story but i've never i can't recall that i've ever spoken on it and um so perhaps you've heard messages from this passage this morning i'm going to focus on the little maid i uh i made tonight i've uh, got some preparation into it and i i may go that direction that i'm planning for uh, to speak on Naaman the leopard tonight and uh but this morning there i, I just was Focused on the little maid, and it just there wasn't time for Naaman the leper to squeeze into the message. All right, we'll give him a, we'll give him a spot tonight. I'm in chapter five and verse number one. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable. This phrase here is amazing, because by him the Lord had given deliverance. Unto You see the next word? Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor. Read the next phrase out loud. But he was a leper. Well, that's a standout phrase in the story. Here's a tremendous, tremendous man. Even to the point that the Lord used him. Often the Lord would use other countries. And he used this man in particular. Verse number two. And the Syrians... Had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, "'Go, to go, go to, go, "'and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel.' And he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver and 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel saying, "'Now when this letter is come to thee, "'behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, "'that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy.' And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, and heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent my clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. And Naaman was wroth. And went away and said, Behold, I thought, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farfar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he saith to thee, wash and be clean, than when he down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. We have a one-year-old granddaughter. I read this and I, was, I began to think about just the softness and the, the skin of a little baby. And can you imagine this man that has leprosy, comes up with the skin of a child, just like a, a newborn baby's got this precious, white, miraculous skin. He got us healed and from this, in that day, certainly a deadly disease that was communicable. Thus said the little maid. The little maid has given word to her mistress, the lady she served, the wife, and told her, oh, if he was just in Samaria and he could see the prophet. I started thinking about that. This little maid that's been taken from her parents. I wonder about this little girl, obviously during the battle, during the war, People are taken prisoner. They're taken slaves. They're taken away from their homeland. I wonder if her parents were killed. Did they just grab this little girl and take her with them? Parents perhaps dead. You wonder how she was transported to another country. The Bible calls her a little maid. I would suppose that maybe, she, maybe she's a teenager I would suppose that even though she's maybe a teen, she's small in stature. And so she, but at any rate, she's, she's a little maid. And we see as this little maid says this to the mistress, and I'm thinking about what this little girl has been through. Here we have this great man of honor, strength. Everybody that knows of this man, they see nothing but his garments of power and prestige. No doubt a man that the country was indebted to and was, he was loved by. I see this little girl now serving his wife. Imagine the grief and the fear combined with the suffering this little girl has gone through as she's been taken away from her homeland and brought into Syria. Her homeland was a place where they served God. They knew God, they worshiped God, they gave sacrifices to God. They knew he was the one true God. And now she's taken away from her homeland, everything she knows to a strange land where another God is worshiped, everything is strange to her. And in all practical purposes, she is a slave to this family. I would tell you this morning, we're strangers in this land, folks. It's getting more and more difficult for us as Christians to fit in, isn't it? I uh, somebody sent me something, and I don't honestly don't know who it was. It may have been somebody from the church, but it was just a clip of something, and uh, it was about coming things in relationship to things that are coming through even churches now that are going to be such a chain around our neck in the future the way this things are happening thankful for our state that is fighting some of these things from coming in but there's some things coming towards us in churches even to the point that they're speaking of christians as the enemy um, and it's just it, it's unsettling to me uh, because of we have many young families in the church and it's uh, people that we love that are young. We don't know what that's going to mean to them, but we do know this. It's unsettling what we're suffering here in our country. Can you imagine this little girl? She's been dragged out of her homeland. Now here she's in a foreign land that doesn't worship God. She has, She's just serving this woman as a slave. I would tell you that those aren't things that we have to suffer with now. We're strangers in a land, and more and more we're, finding it more difficult, right has become wrong, sin has become normal. And you know, that's true. It's just a normal now. Didn't used to be that way. Americans understood right and wrong. Now it's just become the norm. New depths of lasciviousness. We are told that we must accept the second thing, all of her life she was raised in the Jewish faith with heathen, uh, now with the heathen. On her own, she kept her faith in God that she had from her childhood. I find that quite noteworthy. She's been taken to a foreign country. She's a little maid. I don't know her age, but she's not very old. And she's small. And here she is in a foreign land, but within her breast, within her heart, Beats, I believe in the God of heaven. She has not left her faith of God behind her childhood at home. Alone, this little maid is standing strong for God. We're living among heathen who don't much believe in our God. Are we standing strong? Here's a little girl. I would imagine for her to speak something like this in this situation she's in could have gone very badly for her. Let's just face it, she's a little girl, she's a slave, and for her to come forward and say, if he was in Samaria, he, he, could, he could be healed by the prophet or God. Do you understand what that could have meant for her? You remember Esther the queen? Here she is the queen, but she doesn't just walk in and say something to the king. This is a little girl, and can you imagine how the chance that she took to speak out right there, the chance she took that she could have been punished for it? How dare you say such a thing? That your God is better than our God? I mean, think of all the directions that could have gone for this little maid but she stands strong in her faith and she is willing to speak out amongst the heathen who did not believe. Could we stop making our, our, our excuses for not speaking out for the Lord? Don't you enjoy it when somebody else does? Is it a little embarrassing when somebody else reveals to you that they're a Christian before you did? And you think, wow, I should have said that. Are we willing to step out in faith as this little maid who is no power no authority she's a slave she's not even one of their nation and yet she stands up and says if he was in samaria he could see the prophet may we stop making excuses why we don't speak out number three likely there were other girls that were in worse places i'm assuming there's probably other little girls that were taken other slaves that were taken and perhaps their situation was way worse than hers. And so I find in this girl a spirit that still has a spirit of thankfulness to the Lord as she speaks out. Maybe she knows of others who don't, who don't have much, they have much less than her. And she's living probably in relatively good circumstances while others are likely doing far poorly than she was. Today, can we recognize the situation we're in in the United States of America is not what it used to be, but can we thank God for what it is? Dr. Brother Painter, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, and it's just pretty neat that you can pick up your cell phone and call somebody in, in, in Thailand. I'm just, it just amazes me still that you can just call anybody in the world and just, just remarkable. And I called Brother Painter, one of our missionaries on the field, and uh, just see how he's doing, and hadn't hadn't. Uh, me. he sends out letters, of course, and that stuff. But just a little update from him, and I said, "How's it going over there?" Oh, we're entirely shut down. We can't have any services. We can't. We can do nothing. We're just everything's closed. And he said, "Now I I find out that we're operating illegally, and they're not going to let us reopen." And so well our problem looked pretty tiny to me right there our problems oh yeah we're living in a, in a country that's turning directions but here we sit in a comfortable building and uh, the lord's been very good to us through COVID. these these third world countries have been so shut down and just the people have suffered so much and we haven't suffered much let's just face it we're all we're all we all had food on the table we always had our, except for the storm, we had our air conditioners and heat running. And let's just face it, we're in pretty good shape here. I wonder if maybe the little maid, I see such a wonderful attitude in her towards her captors, maybe she saw others that had it much worse. Sometimes can we kind of grip, we get discouraged with our country and and we all do. And we're so accustomed to things in America as we always had them and we see it drifting away But we understand that Christians around the world would do anything to have what we have. They would do anything to have the freedom we have. They would do anything not to be locked down all the time. They would do anything just to be able to meet together and can't get out of their countries. Missionaries, here they can't have services. They can't leave the country. And it's just, there's people in having tough times. I see this little girl who somehow has mustered up confidence and faith to to approach this lady number 4 perhaps i'm sorry god has placed us in usa may we stand strong in this place she stood strong may we speak out she had the she had the grace to do it she testified to this man that he could be healed The little maid had an answer. We read it in Wednesday night service here a few weeks ago or a couple weeks, whatever, just about. I remember we read this passage. Let me read it to you in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 13. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse you for your good conversation. This little girl had a hope within her She had God within her. And when the opportunity was there, she talked to her mistress about what could be done for this man. She spoke up. She had a ready word. She was ready with a testimony. Are you ready? Can you give somebody the gospel? Do you know the gospel? Can you give somebody a track? Are you ready? Do you have any materials in your car? Are you ready with an answer? This little girl hears of this man's plight and she has a ready answer. If only he could get to Samaria. Confidence and faith that the man could be healed. She testified this man when she had the chance. Number six, she had many reasons to hate Naaman and his wife. I don't know about you, but you know what I'm thinking right now? If I'm this little girl and I find out this man's got leprosy good enough for him you reap what you sow buddy yeah I would think that was pretty yeah see God's getting you back <laughs> amen I mean here he is she's their slave she's a captive who knows what, what that all even looked like but let's just face it it was terrifying to a child little girl now dragged off to a country probably, probably wouldn't know how to get home if they let her And here she is, and she has this opportunity. And her captor now is filled with leprosy. She could have been filled with bitterness. She could have heard of what he had and take joy in it, but she didn't. I would ask you today, when I see this little maid Thus saith the little maid. Would you have told this man that he could find help? Or would you just watched him as his fingers started falling off and his toes and perhaps facial things that began to just totally disfigure and just destroy this strong, honored man? Just sit back and say, I know a guy that could heal him, but I'm not going to mention it because he's getting what he deserves. Isn't that what we're, lo- we're more likely to lean towards? Who's your favorite politician right now? Would you go to prayer for that one? I, I speak it somewhat sarcastically, but who is it that you just are so filled with bitterness in a political circle that you would be glad if something happened to them? And we'd say, oh, good, good enough for them. Boy, God's getting even with them. Would you offer help to that person if you knew of help, or would you stand by? Ooh, that's hitting a little close to home, isn't it? Would would you would you try to help them? Here she is, this little girl is giving us some lessons here. As people who have the Word of God in our hands, we know what we're supposed to do. We've been told what we're supposed to do. Hmm, Matthew five forty three. The law said this, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Here she is with her captors. In the law, she could have accounted for it. Well, the law says that, you know, you love, your, love those that love you. But then we find in Matthew 5:44, the very next verse, it says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Be good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. It's as if this little girl had the New Testament in her hand. This was not in the law of Moses. This was not something she was taught. This is what was happening in her heart. This was the girl that was doing the right thing, had the heart for the Lord, had the love of God within her and had forgiveness, did not have bitterness. And here she is, what is she doing? She's saying, how can I help this man? Will we challenge ourselves this morning? We have people in our lives that we know that if something bad happened to them that that would bring us some delight we have people we don't know very well we just know them by name or by position by their authority and would we be pleased for them to have a plight such as this man or would we obey the bible would we do good to them would we reach out to them? Would we, would we call them? Would we send them a note? Would we send a politician a note? Would we send them an email? Would we tell our representative to let them know that we're praying for them? Or would we sit back and say, yeah, it's good enough for him, good enough for her. Got what they, got what they deserved. You know what the very next statement that comes into our hearts when we say that, they got what they deserved? Boy, I hope I don't get what I deserve. Amen. This little girl, she's just a little maid, a little nobody. She's got some pretty good doctrine going in her heart. Have we got that in our hearts? She did good to a couple that caused her such heartache and pain. What an amazing, amazing testimony to us. She stepped out in faith in God, putting herself at risk. It's a great blessing to see those who suffer for the gospel's sake. Many of you are sacrificing financially to give to missions. The Lord sees that some are sacrificing. You haven't slept and you've been up all night working and you ran a bus route or you got to church on time. You're here this morning. You're making a sacrifice to be in church. Many young couples are on deputation. We're coming up in October to our missions conference and gearing up for that. But understand there's many young couples that are on deputation. How many want to go on deputation? I'll explain what deputation is. You call, it, you call 50 churches and two of them, two of them or three of them say, yeah, come ahead. But you spend all your time calling churches, asking if they can come and present their ministry. I don't know what the percentage are that they respond to those phone calls. It's not great, it's hard. You understand that these couples planning on going to foreign countries, taking their children, taking their families away from USA, making sacrifices for the cause of Christ. Here's a young lady, this little maid, put herself at risk, making some potential sacrifices. The sacrifices of time that people that are working a lot of hours are putting in a bus ministry and in Sunday school classes and all these things over and above. The Lord knows that we're finding this girl She was willing to make a sacrifice to tell this man the help that he could receive. She stepped out in faith. She had confidence in the man of God, the last point. She had confidence in the man of God. What an amazing thing. Here she is in a foreign land. Who knows what all has happened to her. But now she's stepping out in faith trying to help somebody that doesn't deserve her help. And here she is now, putting her confidence in Elisha, the man of God. She believed that God could heal this man, but she knew that Elisha was the prophet of God. Boy, I find that just astounding. Can you imagine the trip that he's making All the the efforts that are making for this trip. And then then we get there and the man of God to just say, as the king who just folded up and like, oh my goodness, this guy's looking for trouble. He's trying to start a fight. He's trying to draw me into a battle. Why is he coming here? Who am I, God, that I can heal somebody? But not Elisha. This little girl knows better. She knows. She's heard of people. Maybe she's known somebody that was healed of leprosy. By Elisha, what confidence she had in God and in the man of God. What a tremendous, tremendous little maid was reaching out. In the Bible, leprosy is a picture of sin. We see leprosy as something that in the Bible times was uncurable. And it just it just tore away at you and just reduced you. And as I said earlier, it just, your, your extremities would would fall off. People would lose sight. And in that day, it was communicable. People were in leper colonies and they were separated. They would have to cry out unclean if they were to come near anyone because they were lepers. Leprosy was a picture of sin and all the things about it are what sin does to us. There was uh, so much of that as we see in Israel and in the Bible days, Naaman is a great man, he's powerful, he's respected, he's honorable, he's valiant, but he was a leper. Everything that he was was going to be revealed as this disease would start taking him away. I tell you this morning, leprosy is a picture of sin in this story, but this morning it doesn't matter what your position is, we're all sinners. You can, it doesn't matter doesn't matter what position you hold. It doesn't matter the the depth of positions. You may have no positions. You might just have a job. Amen? It doesn't matter what you have. All of us are sinners. From the greatest to the smallest, we all find ourselves in the sin. And there's only one cure for the sin. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The only solution to that sin problem is to come to God, come to Jesus Christ, and trust him as your savior. Naaman struggled to to be humble. He struggled with that. In the story we read, he came and they told him to dip in the muddy waters of the Jordan River, and of course, he rebelled against that. He was proud. Those around him, of course, talked a little sense into him said, if he had some great thing of you, would you have done it? Oh, yeah. Well, then just do this little thing. Go dunk in the water. What a beautiful story. He dunks in the muddy waters, and he comes up clean as the skin of a child. Leprosy, completely gone. This morning, you find yourself as a sinner. We all did at one time. And we all continue as being sinners. None of us are righteous. None of us are Perfect. None of us live totally holy lives. We all fail. But one day we realized that we were the sinner and Jesus was the Savior. And on that day we understood that Jesus was the Savior and I was the sinner. I could be as powerful and as respected as this man. It wouldn't make one iota of difference. Leprosy still took him. And sin still has you. And the only way that sin is going to be cleansed and washed away is through power of God through his son, Jesus Christ, to save you. He can heal you from that sin. As it were the leprosy in your life, that's incurable. Jesus Christ has the cure. It's the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Jesus Christ died on the cross and he offers you this morning salvation. He offers you the cure to all of our sin problem. That cure is his son, Jesus. But until you submit yourself and you humble yourself, say, oh, pastor, I'm good enough. I've got a lot of money, I've done a lot of good for people, I'm a good person, all these things. All of these things were true of this man. He was honorable, he was valiant, and he, he was beloved by the people. God himself used him. This was an extraordinary man. But he had to humble himself and say, I'm a leper. And you're gonna have to humble yourself and say, I'm a sinner, that's who I am. And I need God and I need his help alone that can only the only one that can ever save me from this. That's through his son, Jesus Christ, who died for your sins. This morning, in some sense, I'm the little maid. I'm telling you about Jesus. I'm telling you that Jesus can heal you. You're sitting in a room full of people who have had their sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. And they would all tell you the same thing. Oh yes, he forgave me. He saved me. One day heaven is our home because we were like this man and we were honorable and valiant and well known and great. No, all of us stand guilty of sin. None of us bring anything to God. We come to him in our humility and say, I cannot save myself. Will you save me? And that is the only hope we have. The prophet told him what he needed to do. You have the information this morning. We can take the word of God and show you how you can know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. We have many Bibles in this room this morning. We can show you right from this book, the word of God, how you can know Christ is your Savior. And you can have your sins entirely washed away. And you'll be as white as snow cleansed in the eyes of God blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all sin. But you, like this man, may say, well, not me. I'm not going in that filthy water. There's rivers at home that are cleaner than this. I'm going to go home and do it my way. I'll pick the river. I'll pick the way. No, you won't. You will do it God's way. Or you will stand before him in your sins. Unforgiven. Don't reject the forgiveness God offers you. The price has already been paid. Jesus has already died on the cross. He's risen from the dead. He offers you salvation. Don't walk away again from it.